Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another prestige bald move movie. Uh, today, we're talking about 1998's The Truman Show. It's directed by Peter Weir, who's sneaky, one of my best or favorite directors. He directed The Last Wave, which is of note to some uh, 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 Leftovers fans. Dead Poet Society, one of my favorite movies, Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. It's written by Andrew Nichol, who wrote Someone, Lord of War, and In Time, as well as this. I've liked two, hmm. two of those movies a lot. Uh, three, I guess, with, with this one. It stars Jim Carrey. This was a career turn for him, oh, who yeah. had been long known as the rubber face funny man from In Living Color. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Fire Marshal uh, Bill, for sure. A Fire Marshal Bill Burns. Ace Ventura series, The Mask, Liar, Liar. Not all of that has aged well, but some of it's still pretty funny. I really like The Mask and Liar, Liar in particular. Laura Linney from HBO's John Adams, recently from uh, uh, Ozark, Primal Fear, Mystic River. She also uh, starred in Love Actually as one of the vignettes there. Ed Harris, The Man in Black from Westworld. It's also in The Abyss and The Right Stuff, tons, tons of stuff. Uh, Noah Emmerich. Um, a bald move fan favorite. You will probably know him as the FBI agent from the Americans and the uh, last man, last doctor standing in the walking dead. Dr. Jenner. He's also in beautiful girls and frequency. Finally, guess who the fuck shows up halfway through this movie and has a bigger part than I remember him having Paul, the Giamatti man, Giamatti. <laughs> uh, he is HBO's John Adams. He's an amazing yeah. Spider-Man too. recently billions. We also talked about him last year and his movie sideways. And of course his smash hit on the bald move network. One man manger. Uh, love Paul Giamatti. Jim, I know we've touched on this film quite a bit when we talk about different things. Uh, and I know that we've both talked about how much we enjoyed it. And Jim Carrey's work in this. Um, what did you think when you when you uh, blew the dust off the Truman Show and checked it out? Uh, I think it holds up really well. I think it might actually hold up better now than it did then in a lot of ways. Um, th- there's a lot of discussion. This is this is absolutely a sci-fi movie. Correct me if you think I'm yes. wrong in that, but no, hundred percent. I think this is science fiction, and I think it plays on a lot of the same things that like. The discussion around, oh, are we living in a simulation, right? Or we're guaranteed to be living in a simulation. All that discussion that's going on in like, you know, certain circles of Twitter right now. Um, it, this is kind of the, the wave before that, before we realized how, you know, powerful AI could be and that this could kind of all be a simulation. It was like, what if your life is not real? So there's like something primal with humans that it's getting at here. Um but it's also like on the cusp of a cresting wave of reality television. Um, it's just like that wave is is building and building in 1998. 98. Right. So it's, it's, it's like pre- pre-starting. Yeah. Yeah. I think Survivor was maybe like the biggest reality TV show then. And it had just started the year before. Um, we hadn't got things like or American Idol was probably on the air at that point. I'm trying to think because like, but it wasn't like oh, deadliest catch and MythBusters and like Survivor all these shows debuted in 2000. I I don't think that like we were just ahead of the reality. Maybe it's Big Brother. Was Big Brother the Maybe? one that was on? Because I thought Survivor kind of started it all. And the other thing is like, there's none of this analysis in Richard or not Richard uh, 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 Roger Ebert's 
review as well. Right. And if there if it were a popular thing. Sure. At that time, yeah. Yeah. It like would have Big been. Brother especially would have been. Yeah. And I think the writer's strike, which was what, 99 mm-hmm. would have been like the thing like that really kicked off the reality TV wave. So like 100 percent. This thing is almost is, is surprisingly prescient when you think back, because like right now yes. it's it's pretty easy to look at and say, oh, well, they just ripped off the reality TV wave that was going on and just took it to its took logical it to its- extreme. No, I think this thing was was just barely getting started when the Truman Show came out. So it's it had a really interesting vision, and that's the thing I remember about it. It was like kind of a mind blowing concept that this could could be a thing that could happen to someone, um, and, and the idea that you could follow someone's life. Because I think I'm trying to remember exactly what was going on on the internet. I feel like there were like twenty four seven webcams that you could go and look at on like some shitty GeoCities page or something, uh-huh. right? Yeah, oh yeah, sure. And yeah. you and you kind of think like, man, what if I could watch someone's life on the internet and it would just be interesting, right? All the time. Like wouldn't that be cool to have somebody's life on there? And I of course it's not going to be this good, but when you have like okay, a structure around it to amplify the drama and to create drama, um that's an inherently interesting concept. So I remember going to this movie being very much excited for it conceptually. Um, And then you throw in Jim Carrey, who at that time was one of my favorite movie stars, period. And, and his turn from like, like you said, the funny man to doing more serious dramatic roles. And, and this is the bridge, right? This is the missing link in Jim Carrey's performance because God, he did you read have... my notes, you motherfucker? Like you're just like just ripping exact <laughs> phrases. Like I couldn't, can't believe missing he does, link. Yeah, though, right. Like it's it's very obvious that it. this is the connection between Ace Ventura and uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. This is it, mm, and like mm-hmm. th- it, all of that brings us together to a really crazy nexus in time for me and so going back to it was almost like traveling to the past in a weird way yeah i want to echo everything you said like um to the extent that like we really are living in the truman era uh there are kids on twitch that spend 12 18 hours a day streaming i think I think we would have 24 seven streams of people's lives, except for like Twitch uh, specifically forbids you streaming yourself sleeping. Right. Right. And things like that, because like I guarantee you some of the pod, like you just leave it on 20 and, and, and exactly the same ways. Like uh, when they were talking about some people leave it on at night because they enjoy, you know, like it's comforting, you know, like, like Truman's a family yeah. member to them. Like that kind of, I mean, this is this when when we talk about parasocial relationships, <laughs> uh-huh. we're talking about everyone in the audience watching Truman and 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 getting caught up and crying uh, about him and how like they think they know who Truman is, but they really don't because uh, he's got this complex interior life that uh, yeah. he's keeping from everybody for reasons. I I, I think that like. I wish and back in the day they had marketed this is something that Ebert noted in his review. But like I felt like the way this film was constructed would have been a solid kind of matrix like mind bender. Yeah. Um, but they just gave the the gave the shop away in the advertising where it's like, you know, Dude. the first half of this movie, you're kind of waiting for something to happen that, you know, is going to happen. I don't know. I, I wish I could have had that uh, uh, experience because I guess Ebert did at a film festival. He didn't know what this was oh. all about. 
See, I, I, I wish they had cut that very first scene with Ed Harris. And, yes. and this would be the perfect, like, what the hell kind of movie. I'm telling you. Yeah. If, if, you, if you recut that, got rid of that scene, which is not super necessary because they completely yeah. go away from it. Right. Um, I think the film would be better. And if they marketed differently, this would be kind of like up there with uh, the Matrix and the Sixth Sense is like, man, what an unbelievable twist mm-hmm. uh, that this this movie had. Um, and Jim Carrey but, was such a big star at that point. I feel like people would have yeah. seen the movie anyway without this hook of like, what if your whole life was fake? Right. And there's just enough kind of weird stuff that we're like, you're trying to figure it out. And Jim Carrey's such a great, uh, it's funny to say it now, but, or back then, but like, he's such a great straight man for this because he is a natural ham and performer and you can uh-huh. see why he would be good as Truman in this, but also he's completely innocent and kind of bewildered at the, you know, like fucking lights falling out of the sky. Oh yeah. And, and, uh, the, 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 I, I love at the mid ports of this movie where he does these experiments to see mm-hmm. like, does the world revolve around me? Like, it's yeah. one of those things where like, you can tell that like, you know, if you ever start thinking about it, like, well, I'm, I'm going to the loony bin, but like, what if it started, you know, what if people were actually stalking you? And what if you were taking things apart and finding cameras? And, um, that's, that stuff just really works, uh, well. And in an almost kind of a menacing way, but Jim Carrey keeps it light because he does have that rubber. There's enough of him doing improv and doing mm. the big kind of performances and even just little stuff. Like I, I got a kick out of him bending over with his ass in the air, tending to his flower bed, you know, just <laughs> yeah. like doing anything for a laugh, throwing, you know, um, I, I think he's, and the thing is, is like, I was, as I was watching, I'm like, wow, there's a lot more rubber face mugging Jim Carrey in this movie than I remembered. But then when I started thinking about it, I'm like, this kind of works because this is a man who's been manipulated his entire life to be interesting on camera. Sure. To have these glib sayings and like he's like constantly rewarded and praised when he does this stuff. So he doesn't seem like a real person because yeah. he's not. And the 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 way that the, the Ed Harris uh, introduction works and he says everything's fake around Truman except for Truman himself. That's a complete contradiction. Oh, yeah. This, if, this guy, man. Yeah, yeah, like if something's built in a lab, then it's not natural. And that's what like Truman yeah. has been hammered and shaped into this very neurotic thing for the benefit and amusement of of uh, essentially all mankind. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where like I think the like the ethical considerations. Oh, God. And like, you know, <laughs> where where. There's stuff like that kind of blends into like the 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 third day. It wasn't that the HBO, um, you, 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 the, oh. the, the, with Jude Law. Oh, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, where does like an art project end and the Truman Show type stuff begin? You know, when you're doing a 24 hour live stream or someone's having this extreme experience, like that's okay, fine. But like, what if that lasted a year? What if you did like a Richard Linklater project where you're literally filming a young man grow up and you're do- taking 20 years to produce? There's well, a lot I of these kind of begins and ends with consent, uh, which th- this this movie has no even th- this movie is not even scratching the oh, yeah. ethical and moral dilemmas of of the scenario. And that's no, the one got, way in which I don't think it quite succeeds. But oh, you've got prostitution, you've got slavery, <laughs> oh, dude, you've got like and that's just yeah. the, 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 the surface level analysis of the stuff. It's indefensible do doing this to a human, of course. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, um, it's it's uh it's a very good movie. I really enjoy it. I think it holds up super well. And uh yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to talking about some of the details. Before we get too far, because if you are in 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 ugh, man, I hope we haven't spoiled it. I probably we probably have. But if you're in the enviable position of uh, being able to see this movie for the first time, uh, it's about a man named Truman who uh, seems to always be at the center of things. He's living in a very white picket fence coastal town where everything is just so and everybody gets along and he has his best friend that he has beers with. He has his his loving doting wife. Um, He's got a job that challenges him. Uh, he's had pains and losses and triumphs like anyone. And he slowly comes to the conclusion that like something is just off here. Something is just not hanging together. Uh, starts to doubt his sanity, starts doubting whether like, you know, going what would be classically paranoid delusions, except for what turns out to be the twist of the movie, uh, which is they are out to get him and they're and things aren't as they seem. And he's not crazy. Um, and again, like, I don't know. 24 years later with, uh, you know, the majestic and um, a man in the moon and uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. I don't know that this trick works as well as it did that, you you know, you've got like it'd be like Chris Farley being in something that you could take seriously as a dramatic work. Right. Yeah. Um, I still know enough about that old Jim Carrey that it's still kind of astonishing when I see him doing like complex emotional work. Um and he's not like Jim didn't nail it. The missing link like this is this is the missing link between Ace Ventura and uh, uh, Man in the Moon or Eternal Sunshine, things like that. Yeah, I highly recommend it. It's super fun. Uh, it's available on HBO Max. You can watch it right now. OK, where do we want to start with our analysis? Um, I feel like they tried to. There was some interesting stuff they were doing with the credits sequence in this movie because normally, you know, a movie will have an intro credit sequence um, just Mm -hmm. telling you who the stars are. But they play it like it's part of the Truman Show. Um, Like they don't put Ed Harris as, you know, fuckface McGee, immoral fuckface McGee on there. They put like Margaret Hill or whatever as... Uh, shit I don't remember anybody's name from this but Laura Linney's yeah. character is like given an actor name and mm-hmm. a character within the Truman Show name and they use that for the credits and I thought that was a pretty interesting way to start it Um, and, and I don't know if you watched the trailer for this movie because I, I went back and I watched it because I was trying to think like what was the marketing around this movie like and you nailed it. It's terrible. It's, it just gives away literally everything. It gives away mm-hmm. the fact that he uh, gets out of the the town and goes out on the boat. And, like, it gives away so much shit. And I feel like if they had just marketed this differently and cut that early scene with Ed Harris, this could have been – I could have been absorbed by a credit sequence that was, like – Oh, that's weird because I know her and she's Laura Linney. She's not Margaret Hill or whatever. It would have been why, an extra confusing bit. Why did they do it this way? The, the only thing I can think of, it seemed like when I was doing research in this, it seemed like there's a lot of fear that the public wouldn't buy Jim Carrey in a serious role. 
Um, so they heads to, and what's is weird because like this makes me think that like uh, Peter Weir was pretty angry about this because he had a pretty strict uh, there's no like Ace Ventura jokes there's not to be reference to his zany films uh, the, like that this was a completely different experience for Jim Carrey uh, but it felt I felt like the the production company or the studio the distributors got cold feet and like oh my god this is nothing like Ace Ventura. This is nothing like The Mask. We need yeah. to zany it up. We need to make this seem like a fun kind of thrill ride. Oh my instead god! Instead of like, and they did. Instead of music. like having this be kind of like, you could have like, oh, this is just Jim Carrey doing a white, you know, like a send up of Leave It to Beaver, and then have it just go dark and skewed. Like what the hell? Like yeah. like a Matrix, like you said, a Matrix style thing going on. Like a the que- but but yeah. And it has, yeah, it just has to be. They did. I also saw that like Jim, they made Jim Carrey take a pay cut. They're like, well, you demand twenty million a film for your comedy roles, yes, but sure. you're an unproven quantity in dramatic acting. So we're gonna just gonna take that fair. rate and cut it in half. Is it? Yeah, I a, mean, a they, little bit. I don't know about cutting it in half, but certainly like he wouldn't have the dramatic draw that he would have in comedy. Um, that's a little bit fair. That's like saying, hey, I know you're. You're a web developer, but you've never programmed uh, in C sharp, so we're probably going to give you a little bit. We're we're going to put you on like a not probation. I guess that's fair. But like you know, you, you got to give it a little time to to work your way into that crowd. I think that's kind of fair. I, I think that like what I've appreciated in twenty thirty years since I've been paying attention to this stuff is that I am no longer shocked when someone who is very funny turns out to be a fine dramatic actor because if anything, totally. uh, they they say it a lot of times that comedy is harder than dr- drama because you have to do everything that drama does, but your timing has to be like to get a laugh has to be completely on, and you have to nail yeah. your character. You have to. Na- so like being being uh, dramatic is just being funny uh, with slightly sloppier timing and and broader emotions. So like I yeah like when you see uh, who's the guy in Barry, um, not Will Ferrell. Bill Hader. Uh, yeah, we see Bill Hader do amazing work on Barry. That's no longer like shocking. It's like well, of course. Yeah, um, Bob Odenkirk like, doing great work in Bob Call Saul. Yeah, it's a, Brian Cranston to a lesser extent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's he's the funny dad on Malcolm in the Middle, and he's also this great dramatic actor. But at, at the time, like I, I, I yeah. don't know that that was a universal truth because it de- definitely seemed like people kind of stayed in their lane. Uh, totally, uh, and and there was a lot more like typecasting of of actors, I think, then too. Sure, it, it, this is a weird era for movies and television in general, like everything was just changing, right? You were, you were about to have this writer strike that changed the face of television forever. Um, Yeah. And and I do feel like people were starting to appreciate, Hey, and and Jim Carrey was sort of maybe for me, that turning point too, where I realized, Oh man, no, some, somebody who's funny can also do great dramatic work because I'm struggling to think of someone else who has done that uh, before him at least in my lifetime. I know like Andy Griffith is probably one of those people, right? Like he well, I was also thinking like the, what's the first crossover? Was it Jackie Gleason, Fats Domino yeah. and the hustler? Yeah, because he was just a, he was just a sitcom guy. And then he's playing totally. like a completely straight and great performance in that movie. 
So it's not like it never happened. And I think that like uh, Jack Lemmon did a lot, like his early work was funny, but like, you know, he did a lot of, uh, but then it seems like that also was some time, you know, Jack Gleason, yeah. Jackie Gleason was no longer like on the honeymooners or that was what it was. Right. Uh, I think you know, so. uh, Jack Lemmon had like a decades uh, between his funny stuff and his serious stuff. Mm-hmm. So like there was like a tr- you had a formal transition. You went away, let people forget and you can't. Whereas Jim Carrey, like he was in the middle of his prime when he kind of started bending, bending his yeah. arc towards drama. No, totally true. Uh, probably good, too, because I think his shtick would have gotten pretty old pretty fast. Uh, it's probably best for his career that he did make that transition. Yeah. You know, I think that you mentioned how prescient, prescient this movie is. I think it's because Peter Weir saw the demand like this endless, this particularly American appetite for celebrity and authenticity and, you know, no holds barred interview and seeing people torture and, and, and punishing people when they tried to not be public figures and rewarding like what we have now with reality television, with Twitch live streaming. And I'm, you know, like I, I say this as I'm on a Twitch live stream is the logical conclusion to that of people having that demand for authenticity and to where it like uh, there's this huge demand and you'll accept anything. Cause like the thing is like, I don't think people really get authenticity from anyone that's acting in public. Yeah. Um, you know, it might not be a big character that they're playing, but like, I always say, it's like, you know, like I, I'm pretty much me, but like, I'm always me on my best day or I try to be right. when I'm in front of a microphone and camera. Like I'm not, I'm not down. I'm not depressed. Uh, you know, I haven't had a bad day. I'm just, I'm just like super funny and on it and, and, uh, outgoing. And that's certainly a part of who I am, but there's also a part of me that has to, you know, just such, such sit down and shut the fuck up for a while and, and, and curl up in a couch and read. And like, I'm grouchy and I'm moody and I'm, you know, intense in a way that you, you probably don't see. But I feel like that's why this movie works because like Peter Weir could see like there is this a massive demand and appetite. And one thing we know about our society is if there is an untapped need or desire or want, people will make money by filling it. And even though none of the real structures, like you said, this it's so the timing on this is amazing because this movie gets made three years later and it's like, oh, you're just cashing in on the right. The reality It it hit the exact right time, the exact right time. For sure. Yeah. For it to still be taken seriously as like, oh, this is something that is is more than just cash in. Um, That's the thing, right? People are everything is and was and still is so manufactured, Um, especially when it comes to entertainment that, yeah, it's people look for that that real thing. And you could see that right after this movie, the reality wave comes in and. I feel like the reality wave, yes, it was ushered in because of a writer's strike. So a bunch of television networks just started, you know, making the TV they could make without writers. But also the success of that wave just shows you, like you said, that there was a demand. Um, I wonder if we ever get to that without a writer's strike. I wonder if something like this gets made and people don't just look at it and say, well, yeah, they made a very good movie that tapped into something people want. Let's make more constructed movies like that. Or do they look at that and say, here's something people want. Let's go ahead and make 
these TV shows to tap into the reality element people are looking for. It seems like it's inevitable once we had webcams and 24-hour access that someone would, like, try this. I do wonder in a world where the Truman Show doesn't exist, does Twitch make a rule off the bat that you can't just stream yourself sleeping? Because they're like, I, I wonder if they're, in their, they're when they're dreaming this thing up and they're like, how is this not the Truman Show? And the Truman Show is gross. And I think of like, not just like, because the Twitch people, they're at least consent. I, yeah. What really made me think when I was halfway through this movie is, are you familiar with any of these mini cases where like there's YouTube families where you have a mom and dad and they'd have like three to six kids and they would like prank them and, you know, <laughs> like, like, no. like film their birthdays and the pre- like everything. Like there are instances, some of them have already blown up into instances of abuse. I think one, uh, like five years ago, one family got their kids taken away because of the shit they were doing to oh, on yeah. YouTube. And like this, like, I don't doubt it. The, I like, like that, that, that a child would grow up. Um, like, yeah, there's this one kid that like, he just opened the toys and his dad filmed. And he, he had like millions of hits and like, what does that do? I I used to have Jack on the podcast occasionally and sometimes he just popped up, but like I kind of stopped doing it because I saw that it was doing something to him. Like there was this kind of like addict, like he's already kind of a natural ham the way I am. And like, what if from the time you were five or six or seven years old, every time you stepped in front of his camera, everybody's like fawning over you. And, and you had this, you know, you knew as a kid, like all you want is attention from adults. What if a hundred adults would be watching you simultaneously? It is kind of fucked up. And I think that um, the movie does a good job in the way that they, you know, like, well, how do you keep a person in this? You know, because like if you just let a person uh, just explore the world, they're going to they're going to get out of this bounds pretty quickly. They're going to be like uh, King Kong in his pen and King Kong versus Godzilla. He's going to start throwing tree trunks through the walls and shit. But Mm -hmm. they put him in a prison of his own mind. Yeah. They layer up phobias and abandonment issues and anti-airplane propaganda and pro small house. Uh, 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 like you can't have a beer with your friend without your friend waxing poetic about boy, there ain't a sunset. Like you get from this particular point. God loves small town America. Mm-hmm. They, they, they are manipulating and doing what would be condemned by any psychology board in in the world just to get him to to go apart to, to go about his actions like he's a bear in the zoo and i just like i kept on yeah. hearing uh uh the, the 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 director's words of like everything's fake but truman's real no truman is just as constructed as the goddamn biodome is yeah he has to be otherwise like you said he would escape this cage i and that's, that's what humans thing. do yeah, totally. I, I don't know how old Truman's supposed to be. Is he supposed to be in his 20s? Uh, I like, think he's in his thir- like he's in his like late 20s, early 30s, about to take the net. Like everyone's a buzz about when yeah. is he going to have a baby? You know, right. when is it going to be Truman birth part? on television? Yeah. Or sorry, live conception on television is what they were going for. They don't really show it. They just show blowing <laughs> right. curtains. Because, you know, that's what I would be thinking, too. Uh, yeah. I, I love that scene. I I really like all the stuff they do. It's it's not just like, yeah, they've layered in a bunch of phobias too, but then they also have like the physical manipulation, right? They control his schedule. They control sure. like where he has access to. They've kind of put him on a routine through his job where like physically he gates himself off from certain aspects of the community at certain times of day to the point where like, 
when he shows up unannounced somewhere and unexpected, you know, his best friend is surprised. They're like, what are you doing here, Truman? Yeah. You shouldn't be here. You'd be at work or yeah. something, right? Right, uh, right. It's it's so well manicured, both emotionally, psychologically, and, and physically, too, that, yeah, I, I believe that you could keep someone in these cycles for the amount of time that they did if, if you were given you know, a, a blank slate to work with, uh, such as a baby. And there's a really, there's a point in like the turning into the final act where they do the, uh, y- you know, they're, they're able to spin his dad breaking kayfabe into like this tearful reunion. And they do this, like, I, be, I guess it's a weekly show where it's like the Truman roundup. It's like ESPN, you know, they're breaking down the action and stuff that I thought was funny, like the anti-airplane propaganda, like when he goes into a travel yeah. office, like it's covered with posters with like <laughs> lightning going through and they could, like could what the hell you, is he doing right? in, a, in a travel agency? It, like It's the opposite of what you would expect, yeah. And it, it's funny, right? That that fact that he's like nervous around dogs, but then when they show him as a kid growing up and he's like in the class, like, what do you want to be, Truman? I want to be an explorer, and like, oh, my God, this isn't just something that they passively did. They took a person who wanted to be outgoing and curious and inquisitive and explore, and they pounded him into this boring-ass suburban box. And it's it's horrifying. Like, it's yeah. uh, kind of low-key horrifying when you've seen it the first time, but it's Jim Carrey, and it's funny. But then when they actually showed his kids, like, you know, I just remembered when he's like, I want to be the explorer. Oh, mm-hmm. my God, a part of me died because they have oh, yeah. to drown this father in front of him. So that he would have a deathly fear of crossing the water? Jesus. And then they they play that for drama too, right? They specifically purposely put him in situations where the audience is going to wonder, can he overcome this, right? And and it, like yeah. he's – so he's an insurance salesman and there's – one of his colleagues comes up to him, gives him a case file and says, hey, you need to go over to this other island to cross the bridge, yeah. figure this one out. And the audience is probably sitting there watching, going, oh, oh this yeah. is a challenge to to him. Is he going to be able to do it? And he walks to the bridge to get on the ferry, and he just can't do it. And the audience probably goes, oh, man, come on, yeah. Truman. You know, yeah. the, the, oh, they've this created this, this fucked up psychological condition that he has, and now they're exploiting it further, not just to keep him there, but to heighten the drama. And that's it's not just a, a mechanism of control. It becomes his character arc, which is a totally right. inauthentic thing. It's not his natural character arc. You right. Know? Totally. I, I love those things. Uh, every time like his wife, you know, will make him a cup of coffee and should be like, this is 100 percent Colombian roast uh, from the hills of Guatemala or whatever. <laughs> it's it's very funny when the. um twins who want to buy or you know have him kind of on the hook trying to sell him uh insurance pin him against this billboard or this poster for you know just to get the shot next to the poster of whatever they're hawking that week all these embedded ads i i thought it was super smart i thought that's how it would work right yeah i mean how, how else do you fund it right nowadays like you could do a streaming subscription service and you wouldn't need all these embedded ads you'd probably well, still also get them there would because be it's there would be pop-up ads there'd be ads running underneath the thing totally like, yeah. like a scrolling like they we didn't know how fucking perverse ads could get and how right. uh i just read an article right now that there is uh i think i can't remember if it's a game or what an app that 
has facial detection software to where if you look away while the ad's playing, it pauses. Yeah. I mean, that. we're at Black, That's we're at line, black Mirror. Yeah. That's yeah, my like, line. I'm not I, trucking I with that your app shit. 100%. I stop engaging with whatever product you put those in. Period. If I can get up and go and get a beer from the fridge during an ad, then it's 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 all broken. Yeah, it's all broken. There's a Rubicon Uh, where that is not a price I'm willing to pay, and I will not cross that. But because, like I said, I've I've seen that uh, Daniel Kaluuya episode of isn't that the one with uh, uh, him and cousin Isabel or from Downton Abbey where he's he has to watch a certain amount of ads a day. Yeah, and his Earns his whole fucking like and floor, ceiling, and walls are ads, and if he closes his eyes, they pause, and they yeah. May, yeah, it's a, yeah, like nobody wants to live in that kind of nightmare. No, I I would hope that people won't give us live thirty in that years. Nightmare. Yeah, give us thirty more years of boiling the frogs. I'm saying it's amazing what people will tolerate, you know, and and that makes this seem less far fetched too, right? Like if you've just grown yeah. up with that stuff, and and that's the thing too. Like I was sitting there watching this with my wife, and she's like, "God damn, that moon looks so fake," and I'm like. Yeah, but he doesn't know. It's the only moon it's he's the ever only, seen. He's never seen the sky. Right? There's a great... The world building in this movie is so amazing because, like, there's a scene where his wife and he are sitting having breakfast or something, and there's a big bottle of vitamin D supplements on the table because, of course... <laughs> right. None of these people see outside. the fucking sun. And, and the clouds aren't moving in, in shots. They're just kind of, like, painted up there at, at times, and she's pointing that out. I'm going, like, yeah, that makes but sense. He, like, he, he doesn't no fucking reference. know clouds should move, you know? Right from the womb, he's been right. on camera. Uh, Even like it's within like it. there, yeah. it's uh, it's it's in it's insane. Um, I do think there's a couple things that didn't quite work for me when I was watching. You know, this has been this multiple times I've watched it. Uh, I thought Sylvia slash Lauren slash his college girlfriend sweetheart. If you've got one chance to explain to somebody that they're on a television show and they're familiar with the concept of television shows where they have favorite television shows and you are stumbling for 60 seconds trying to explain the concept and you don't say you're on a television show, asshole, especially capitalizing on the fact that people have rant streaked in here with like big sandwich billboards that say you're on a television show. Like she's Uh like, you're everyone's watching. There's hundreds of people watching all the time. It's like, she's like, it's almost came off like a, a paranoid delusional fantasy rather than like, they they have you locked in a big dome. Uh, all your friends are actors. You're on a television show. Mm. Like there's a two or three sentence way to explain this. And she does everything but. And I'm just like, say you're on a TV show. Say you're on a TV show. A right. TV show. It's a TV show. Yeah, I, I feel you. Um, it, it, at the same time, it's like, man, if they were if they were just a little tighter with their, their security, I don't actually know that Truman gets out of this when he does. Certainly not yet. Because like if she doesn't show up, that was, he's not obsessed yeah. with Fiji, right? Because the whole Fiji right. thing comes from her quote unquote dad just impro- improvising a line. Um, yeah, like, uh, like we're, we're, yeah, we're going so far away you can't right. even think of like seeing her again. Yeah. Um, but if he's not obsessing over that, right, and trying to recreate her face and and, and everything, he might not break out of this when he does. Um and this plays on something, you know, it's it's not even just like, hey, everything is manufactured in the media. I think the concept of just your life being sort of on rails inherently plays to everyone, right? Yeah. Like every, everybody's life, with with few exceptions, I would think, ends up being something other than what they expect. And sure. that that life can at times feel like you have very little control over it. 
um, like like other people are just pushing you in directions, forces outside of your control are pushing you in directions. And I think this gets kind of to a, a weird dark heart of that as well. Like there's something more out there, a life to be experienced. And if people could just get out of the daily ruts that they're in and the patterns they're following, that that life could be explored. And, and mm. that is, I, I think that's a powerful force for why people like this movie so much too. Yeah. It's a, it's a thing that, 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 that tells you to escape your situation and, 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 uh, you know, fi- find your truest self and follow that. Right. Um, this, uh, college or high school sweetheart doesn't work for me another way because instead of her being, cause I thought they're going to go for, well, this is a woman that Truman's organically falling in love with because he's attracted to her, but they've hired Laura Linney to be the high school sweetheart. And that's what has to happen. So they just disappear her and he becomes obsessed. But it's a one, whereas she kind of gets invested in escaping him. And then she continues to watch him and root for him. And then she goes to meet him because she's in that feels scary to me because you, you don't know Truman. No one knows Truman. Truman yeah. doesn't know Truman at this point. And mm-hmm. like the ad- idea that they sold this as kind of like a real romance, I don't think works for me in 2022 because I just know the nature of like, well, she knows so much about Truman. She might be genuinely in love with him. And he knows the actor that was portrayed to be like the the road not take. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's definitely like a weird one-sided relationship parasocial thing for sure yeah uh, but be like but if i ever got real yeah like if i ever got split up from cecily if i got like an email the next day from like a bald moose super fan being like i've listened to you for 10 years and i'm madly in love with you and I, i'd be like block <laughs> because like there's no fucking way there's no fucking I way know, that could it's... ever evolve into a healthy relationship i don't think there's no way there's no way Sure. Um, they, they, they so I, I don't. In love I didn't with like an idea that. of who you are, not not who you actually are, right? Yeah. Yes, and they would continually like, yeah, make make mistakes based on that mismatch of information. And, and also, how would I ever know that they're being authentic? How do I know that you're not saying things that you've heard me? You know, like yeah. Um, talking talking about some of the other characters, it, it struck me like I don't know that Truman is the only one trapped in this. Um, oh yeah his best friend Stan Stan fucking Beeman I, I don't know his name in this um, but his best <laughs> another friend another guy's trapped in a performance he, he's trapped man uh, he's the best friend since they were in grade school he's been he's been doing this show for 20 plus years and 16 hours a day it's it's constant, right? He's got to see him on the weekends. He's got to see him when he's at work. He's, he's got to be on call shelves. to get a he's got to right? get a three M existential crisis call so you can show up with a six pack of beer because that's the only <laughs> thing that you know how to do. Uh huh. It it's like, kind of wild. The, like like what does the actor in that scenario feel like? Do they feel like a prisoner as well? Do they feel like they're earning a paycheck? What is what do they think their real life is? Do they think there's a life after the Truman show? Because apparently they're going to keep this show running forever for his entire life, which means the, the other actor's entire life. Yeah. Like I wonder, because obviously in this world you can sign the way a rights of an infant to a corporation. And I'm like, what other, 
right you know like like what other can you sign can can a parent sign their six-year-old to a you know a a life indentured servitude to a because i had the same thought at least until they're 18 and then when do they get a vacation yeah uh and and like you can see like laura lenny does not love this man and she's having to have sex with this man and she's trying and like you know i truman knows there's something wrong with it there's a great scene where he sees He's, you know, they're, they're trying, like, he keeps wanting to move out in this. So they keep on ramping up to this dad's like, oh, I'll sit down with your mom and your girl and your, and your wife and look at baby pictures. And he's going over these great moments in his life. And he notices she's got her fingers crossed when she's kissing <laughs> oh, him. Oh, which the, is the stupidest fucking thing. It's pretty I stupid, hated right? this. I thought this I is the only thought, sour yeah. note in the entire movie. I think uh, there's a couple others, but because we'll we're in the, a second, but the weird, the desire to be weird in the David Lynch, uh, uh, out overcame the world building. And that's the other thing is like, um, I also think of this in terms of like, uh, the, um, Ed Harris character. What is up with him? He's and his up, desire man. to be on a 24 seven, 365 infinite television show that the whole world is watching. He has to micromanage it. And he's like spouting die. Like he's got a literal God complex and they literally. make that explicit yep. at the end. Like it turns into a star Trek episode where like Kirk's yep. arguing with God about the nature of free will. Uh, but, but yeah, like, like another one of those things that I think was off. It's like, it's, it's a trailer moment. Uh, first positions, the idea of first positions, first uh, positions, where like everyone is like in the street oh, and they're like literally yes. frozen in position at the mic. You've been doing this thirty years. No fucking way is first positions this formal. There's going to be people sm- standing around sm- drinking their cups of oh, coffee, yeah. smoke. They're on their marks, sure, they're ready to go, but like. No, it's a you know, like you're you're, you're, you're is, literally yeah. like it. You're 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 straight. You're, you're like I, the the camera's not not wide enough frame to see my acting here. But yeah, I, I thought that <laughs> kind of like took me out of the moment uh-huh. because it happens late enough in the film where you're like, oh, the fantasy's already been so like what? But but those, it's pretty minor, pretty minor moments. I mean, yeah, let's talk about the the finger crossing a little bit more. What does it even mean? What what does it even mean in this context? Like, you can't get married without consent. Right. <laughs> you can't trick somebody into being married and call it a legal marriage. If if anything like this would be nullified in a heartbeat by any judge. Uh, why is she crossing her fingers? Is it something for her? Is it something where uh, she's yeah, saying, I was wondering I don't if like, did it? she think like, like in, 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 in Ed Harris promised her a divorce after five years and she's like, OK, I can get out of here and I still have my youth and I can tell my next husband that like I cro- I never. I, you know, I, that was an act, acting job my, and my all. heart but wasn't like, in it like heart. But, but you can even see like when she's like, this is on like her ethics as an actor are being violated because I, yeah, I, I what does it mean? What does it mean? It, it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing, which is why it's so stupid to be in there. Uh, yeah, it just, just makes it's, her it's, look it's like, silly. It there, it's kind of like the nail in the coffin moment for true, except for it's not. There's so many of those. Like right, I, that's right. the thing I thought felt organic. That's the that's another question I had mm-hmm. when I'm putting on my critics hat. Is this an unusually sloppy period of Truman Show history? Because it feels like right. they have they're just careening from near missed and near missed and near. Maybe it's getting to where like the audience is starting to like. Uh, you know, you get these extras are trying to get on set just to spoil Truman. And also Truman is starting to like wake up. So he's acting in more and more unpredictable ways. But like, 
if he had as many jars to the old, uh, you know, suspension of disbelief as he did in this one several days over the court, there's no way. There's no way he would have uh, maintained uh, the illusion. Yeah, I feel you. There's like the light that falls out is kind of the first one, right? And it's labeled Sirius, which I think is kind of funny because it's one of the stars in the sky. Um, th- there's the rain shower, right? That kind of breaks and dumps rain just on him just on him yeah right and he sort of runs around and chases him um and then yeah there's just a lot of things the elevator sequence that literally is the one that i think right uh, and the traffic him outsmarting the traffic that's my absolute favorite scene in the movie and i don't want to talk and it's it's such a great use of that era jim carrey because he's definitely ace venturing it but it's kind of plays as he's manic like you would be you would be oh, if yeah. you think, you know. And Laura, Laura Linney's terrified because you would be, right? Like we've, oh shit, has he guy's broken dangerous. the spell? This guy could do it, anything. If he thinks he's like, what he's, would he's, I do, he, right? You know, if, if, if it feels I like he's crossing. My whole life was manufactured and I, and, and like I had discovered that, I'd be furious and I'd be ready to murder everyone. He's like one gear away from get, getting like Bill Murray and Groundhog Day. We're like, uh-huh. let's see what the let's see what the rules of this world are. Can I shoot myself? Can I shoot you? Could I stab uh-huh. you? Would you bleed? Like, would they stop me? How would they stop me? Right? Like, yeah. Oh, like it's it's crazy. It's chaotic. It's dangerous. Uh, I I love that scene. I think it's brilliant. Um, and there's the 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 other thing about this though is like, how do they do maintenance on things? So I can get like. Okay, they've got, you know, carpenters and stuff who come in and do maintenance on the sets and maintenance on, you know, buildings in his life and stuff like that. Cars, sure. How do they maintain the actual dome? Because this is a 20 plus year old dome that certainly would have like paint cracking and falling off lights falling out of the sky do you have somebody hanging from the fucking sky repainting the skybox with a bunch of rigging up there like scaffolding it seems like in they the had sky clever have... ways to give him a vacation like oh we remember when we went to new, uh, the um chicago and uh, uh the uh what do they call it the, god damn it they're mount rushmore and you slept yeah, the yeah. whole way they got ways to get him out of the dome or a, a part of the dome uh that's reconstructed to look so they also well, have eight Mount hours Rushmore a day where he's asleep. Fake, right? Yeah, it was fake. It was fake. Yeah, okay, but I yeah. don't think it happened like necessarily under the dome. I'm trying to think. Like, there's ways they could get him like uh, on a vacation huh. where he thinks he's on a vacation. They have like several weeks to do. Also, eight hours a day, he's unconscious sure, while he's sleeping. Just do that. And at night. They can get a guy up in the sky and doing maintenance. And I also think like like Walt Disney World. There's probably just a massive warren of tunnels and things where they yeah. can go underneath the street and do things and stage things. Um, that's yeah, the other thing yeah. that I hadn't considered until now is like Stan, Stan Beeman. <laughs> I'm going to keep calling him Stan Beeman. <laughs> sure. That's what not? everybody knows him as. Um, that dude. Yeah. He's got to be the best friend, but Laura Linney is really, she's the one who takes the brunt of this, right? As an actor, like she's got to and be she there plays literally 24 seven. She never goes home. She has no life outside of Truman show. She I wonder if with the her man. going. I wonder if her going to the hospital is where she gets out. Could be when he's at work and she's at work, and yeah, because you can tell that he doesn't follow her very often, and they know when she does. So, like, you know, it's one of those things, where, and they can always cover. Yeah, you know, because uh, that's some of the hilarity in the movie that the links that they go to, like 
block Truman mm-hmm. where like he's like, you know, I was like, oh, OK, we'll tell her I'm going to Fiji. And then as soon as she turns around, he just burl- barrels through the door. But then there's a guy with like the the, the wire rack trying yeah. to like keep him from like, oh, I guess I'll just give up because this guy's just like. Um, but most, uh, most days, like she would take off and, you know, if he goes, shows up to help, I need to talk to her. Oh, well, she's in surgery and, you know, she can't yeah. come out and that gives her enough time to return to set. I, I, I think the world building is actually really solid. It is. Um, I, I almost believe this that they could era, pull this off. I kind of think they could do for a lot longer than, than you, than you would think. Yeah. Here's another person I have a big question about. The bus driver. Mm. The bus driver is weird, man. And, and not, he doesn't seem like a weird guy. He just, he's in a weird position. I can't tell if he is an actor who was forced into a situation of driving a bus where he clearly doesn't know what he's doing because Jim Carrey has gone off the rails, or if he's there to purposely sabotage the bus because he grinds that fucking transmission until it explodes. Until it blow- yeah, 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 yeah. But then later he shows up as the boat driver too <laughs> and has no fucking gears. idea what he's doing. I'm just, and, a, they, and they he claims said I'm just a bus driver. So yeah, yeah. What is his deal? I, I almost felt sorry I, for him. <laughs> like, I did. I feel sorry for everybody. Cause everybody yeah. is just like, spending significant amounts of it's it's kind of like um i like playing video games and i've definitely gone through periods in my life where i've played what i would argue too many video games and enjoyed oh, sure. it but i do and then you know if this is you i didn't and you can tell me to go to hell and you're happy and but like whenever i talk to someone that plays like video games six to ten hours a day it always seems like they are missing out a little bit on life even though they're choosing to do it and they're having a good time in the moment they wouldn't like there's so much more you could be doing with your life. Um, mm-hmm. Like like I when I when I think of uh, Dr. Jenner and Laura Linney and people like that, it's like even if this is what you chose to do with your life, my God, you are giving so much to this endeavor. Yeah, and it's not even real. You know, like if if you get on a sailboat and sail, you're really sailing. If you if you uh, are an actor. <laughs> you're doing it for a couple weeks and then you're done. And if you're, you know, if you're playing uh sea of thieves, you could do it for 20, 30 years nonstop. And like, but you're not really doing anything. Um, and this is worse, right? This is worse because what they're doing is immoral. This is like, if you spent 10 hours a day, Oh yeah. Developing a child sex trafficking ring. I wouldn't look at that and go, boy, they're really yes. wasting their life. Think how much more they could be doing. I'd be thinking those are pieces of shit who are doing yeah. terrible things to people. This they're is actually, the equivalent of that, man. They have they're, taken they're increasing this man's the life. misery. But it's like yeah. one of those things where like they're making other people so much so happy. <laughs> Arguably. Arguably. I mean, yeah. you look at the end of this movie where they're you know, they see the Truman show go off the air. And they're just like, oh, what else is on? Right? Yeah. Was that making people happy or was that just a distraction the from their that's, own lives? Man, I, which are that's being a great point in the movie. Right? The fact that like you went from cut transmission and every like they're like they show this bar and people gasp and someone screamed, Jesus God in heaven. Uh-huh. And then once it wrapped up, well, I do think it's interesting that from their perspective, it was a hell of a satisfy. Like that is sure. Yeah. That is sticking the landing Truman show. Uh-huh. Like having this, having this existential uh, argument with God, you best him <laughs> in a uh, climate battle. You sail, you sail your ship through the walls of heaven and then take a bow. 
and and and, and your utter phrase. your catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's winning its slot in the Nielsen's ratings, and people talk. So, like, I wondered if um, if it just stopped, if it like went the black and it never came back on, if people had that reaction because I they they, yeah, they, yeah. they got a weird closure. But it is interesting that like all this human misery to keep people entertained. And uh-huh. then when it's over, they're like, ah, what's the next thing? What's the other thing? What's, yeah. what's something else we can watch? Um, which makes me feel like if I was a celebrity, I would feel like ice water running down my spine in that final scene. Oh, sure. Because it just goes to show you like, you know, that's the other side of the parasocial relationship is that like people, oh, I love you. I love you. But they will drop you and not think of you. Uh, and there's no you have no control over that. You can keep doing the thing that yeah. got you famous until people are just tired of it. And now it just kind of goes away. And I, I think that's uh, that's a real mind fuck for a lot of people. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm ready for my clothes. Like, th- this is this is a well trod piece of analysis. But the other side of that where you're this person who's been warped by all this uh, disproportionate love and adulation. And then what do you do when it goes away? Yeah, especially if you're a child star, especially if you're like an athlete that's been playing this game since and been praised for it since you were a little boy or girl. What do you do when those cheers are over? What do you do? Because because yeah, the 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 populace will be you know they're they're ready to move on to the next thing. You know they're not going to go out and live their best lives. They're going to want to see what's next on television. So and also it, it's wild too because they've simultaneously like moved past you, right? But yeah. if Truman if Truman walks out into the real world and gets a job at a fucking grocery store or something or an insurance agency, it, everyone's going to know him as Truman. It's going to follow him for the rest of his life, right? Like, oh, speaking they're of simultaneously yeah, what is, completely over him, and yet it will haunt him for his entire life. And that's that's, that's got to be how child actors feel, too. When if, if they don't, like, boost off into the next stage of their career – they're still that child actor and that will follow them forever. That's where like, I used to think this was a great hopeful movie end, you know, of like, Oh, he's got, he's still got his whole life ahead of him. But I, what I, I actually thought yeah. about like, Oh my God. So this girl meets him and she's in love with him and he's in love with her, but they're both in love with fictional constructs versions. Jim Carrey's done zero natural organic growth. He's going to change so much as a person. He's probably going to be traumatized. He's got so much PTSD. Yeah. And like, imagine going to a therapist and all your PTSD is literally manufactured bullshit. Like, well, my dad, but he didn't really die. Like, where do you even like, and what does he do for a job? I guess, I guess he could be rich just from if he plays his money right, public speaking, (laughs) Uh, I mean, the lawsuit, the fucking lawsuit, man. It's one thing to do this, to have the state sanction adopting a child via a corporation and choosing what to do with that child. It's another thing entirely when the child becomes 18 and never gets an opportunity to sign a contract that says, I want to be on television. You cannot do that. You cannot no, do it. I, I don't know what the rules are in this slightly off kilter because like, yeah, well, that that's, that does have to go to Supreme because like, yeah, you know, the corporation I mean, did adopt you and they own you and and you were free to go anytime you wanted to. You know, like we didn't literally it's slap you in chains at and- best. It is. It, it's kidnapping. It is. It's it's it, it, it's like if Walmart accused you of shoplifting one day and be like, if you just wait in the back, we're going to get this all. And they just kept on saying that. Yeah. Like at at some point, it is unlawful containment. And then know? when you tried to leave, like a bunch of security guards stood in the doorway to physically block you from leaving. Right. Like 
yeah and it's being sure you were always free to barrel through the security guards and try your luck but, sure yeah you know, that dog never did you that, that scared you and, and <laughs> right probably, right yeah 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 no it, it's i mean he can live happily on the money that he will get for suing the ever-loving shit out of this television corporation but yeah the, the, the specter of his old life will still haunt him I completely forgot about the significant amount of blue water sailing that happens in this 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 film, and it tickled me because I'd forgotten. Also, this was Peter Weir, and then I realized that he's the guy that did the Matt. Like fifteen years later, he's going to film yeah. Master and Commander, which is, I, I guess that this is the dry rehearsal for that because it's all the same. Like you know, he's like I think about the crossing the horn and like how how crazy the wind were and the wave, and but it's all kind of like a small scale one man version of it, right? right here and i i i loved it and it's still it was still shocking when god gave up and and the you know the rain slacked off and he was able to recover and re-rig everything and keep going like there's this triumphant part of the movie and i was kind of caught in its spell and it it was shocking all over again when thunk he he rams the (laughs) the the bow spirit through through the uh through the the wall of the dome because yeah. I was like, oh shit, yeah, there's this whole other confrontation that's going to happen, and this is where I think the movie like really shifts into a whole other gear because I'm sorry, him climbing those stairs against this black window, having an existential conversation with God, and then taking a bow that's fucking art, yeah, and it's gorgeous to look at. Mm-hmm. This is a really attractive film. But it gets like David Lynchian at the end, and I some of those shots are just fucking iconic, and I was tickled to death to see how rock solid and convincing and amazing they still they still look. Such simple stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, but it really made you feel the reality of this. Some of it doesn't like some of that mat work they did where they're showing the dome and then how it's sitting in the Hollywood Hills and all that, 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 that didn't age very well, but most of the stuff in the dome, uh, really works well. And like that sequence of when he barges in on the elevator and like, he sees a whole bunch of extras back there smoking, taking breaks and they're like, Oh, and then the walls kind of close up around. It's like, that Mm -hmm. was like really well done too. Um, yeah, Yeah. the, the, the technical, the technical skill, put into play here is is pretty top notch and i i enjoyed watching it and you're right about that end i think it is it is art um there there's a line that they give earlier in this movie where he's talking specifically about fiji that Mm. that rang in my head as this was happening where he says like fiji is as far as you can go without coming back or something like that yeah Um, it's like until before you start coming back and yeah, I felt yeah, like yeah. this was that moment too for Truman, right? Like this is as far as he can go before he starts coming back to reality, to being a person mm-hmm. uh, again. So it does have like a a hopeful element to it. And I think it's smart to cut the movie there because I don't, the rest of this is going to be, you know, therapy for years and him struggling with, you know, people pointing the finger and saying, hey, that's Truman all the time. Um but yeah, it does give like a hopeful sort of feel at the end of this. And the music helps that and the imagery. I, th- I think it's good. Uh, how do they? So so I was like thinking about some of the technical stuff, like, you know, the elevators and all that stuff. But the thing that really struck me is the control of the weather. Like, how do mm. they generate that much wind? And specifically, how do they generate within a moment's notice that much 
waves uh, that that many waves those the height of those waves in oh, a yeah. body of water that large because that would take it's not like a wave tank construction at like Great Wolf Lodge or King's Island where you can get like a three foot wave going after a minute or two of pumping. Right. Um, I, it's, uh, I mean, that's the science fiction aspect of it. There's uh-huh. no fucking, as far as I can tell, there's no fucking way. Some of the stuff they did with the weather, like most of the stuff is pretty believable. Like, like the I sun think and the moon could, and clouds. Sun and the moon, the stars, yeah. all that, especially mm-hmm. if someone doesn't know what it looks like and all that kind of, but, but, but the, the, amount of the waves and yeah. wind they got up to it was like crossing the you know uh the the horn yeah. uh it felt like you had 40 foot seas and 60 70 mile an hour winds like i yeah i don't i don't i i can't i can't imagine they could do that yeah sci-fi that that's fine yeah uh, i love when the moon turns into a searchlight <laughs> they could just do that yeah that was awesome yeah. uh I also like there's a couple of moments where it's just like uh, Jim Carrey doing improv. And the one that's most notable is where he is looking at the guys who are in the double mirror and he draws that spacesuit around himself. And mm-hmm. I guess that's like there's three different versions of that scene. And they just gave Jim Carrey a bar of soap and said, be Jim Carrey. And one of them, he drew himself like as a mermaid with long hair and uh that is like just watching Jim Carrey <laughs> fuck around for 90 seconds and it's really entertaining. It's like a sh- it's yeah. like almost a short film into itself. Uh and you got I like Paul that Giamatti like how on he, the other side of that. Yeah. And 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 also it's it's great because um it's Jim it's it's uh Truman engineering his escape. Like finally for uh-huh. the first time realizing or having an inkling of what's going on and coming up with a subtle plan on how to beat it, how to escape. Um, and I like Ed Harris's immediately, you know, smoking it out and Paul, that's, that, that's what kind of kicks off the last act of the film. And, uh, I thought they did a great job. It's a, uh, it's a last moment of kind of levity before we get to the existential stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't know that I have a ton more to say about the movie. Yeah, I think uh, we have seen and enjoyed the Truman Show. Uh, it really holds up. In fact, like I, what you said at the beginning is exactly the, my thoughts. Like, not only does this hold up, it actually has grown in stature because our society has grown, you know, down the paths of Truman Show kind of illuminated for us. Yeah. Um, to the extent that we're like, you know, I don't think you can you can't legally own a baby, but like people are doing the Truman Show shit to themselves mm-hmm. because. That is this 15 minutes of fame of people chasing that. That's become the most important thing Like people wanting to be, you know, famous and wanting to this and wanting to do that. And it does that like it holds up as like what kind of like what a hollow reality that is, because, you know, um, very few people get famous for being themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're always going to have to do a performance of some type. What is it like to hold that performance for your entire life? You know, if you're someone like. Uh, you know, Harrison Ford or William Shatner or Peter O'Toole or for that matter, someone who has played a part in the public eye your entire life. What is that? What must that be like? What a lonely, alienating experience that must be. No wonder they mm-hmm. just they turn weird or insular uh, or become unapproachable, unrelatable, because how the hell can you relate to that? Sure. So that's the Truman Show. Next week, we're going to come back with Philadelphia. Uh, that's a movie that I'm not I've heard maybe doesn't age as well because we have come so mm. far so fast in terms of like how we feel about uh, gay people and the plight of person suffering from AIDS. 
that uh, uh, it's uh, it's um, uh, Denzel Washington who plays kind of like the protagonist slash uh, anti-hero in the movie. And like, I, I guess there's some, I there's Tom some, there's Hanks. some tough met. It is, but he's the, he's the lawyer that's representing Tom Hanks oh. for this wrongful termination. And huh. he turns out to be like your most, most men in the, uh, the eighties and nineties, a pretty, uh, homophobic and hmm. he's the audience surrogate and kind of like to, so it's like, gotcha. uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, uh, uh, I'm I'm interested to see how how aspects of that stuff is aged, and I've only seen that movie I think once before, hmm. so I'm it. I'm curious to see it to uh, see see how it works out. Philadelphia next week on Bald Move Prestige. We'll see you guys then. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. Later. <laughs>